Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. If there wasn't, why haven't they received yet? Now, I don't mean necessarily just sin. That's not just what I'm talking about. That, that is, can be an issue, don't misunderstand me, but it's not, not nearly uh, the major issue so many times. Sometimes it's just, uh, rather than sin, it's just a lack of understanding. Sometimes it's just simply uh, wrong thinking. They haven't been taught right. Their thinking is wrong. You know, um, so we've got to understand sometimes God expects us, not all the people that received in Jesus ministry received by just laying on a hands and then just every single person that had hands laid on them received. Sometimes it was different than that. You want to look at some of those? In other words, there was sometimes Jesus said there's certain things they had to do, certain things that he, 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 he told them to do in order to be healed. You want to look at some of those? How many want to look at some of those? Let's go to this first one right here. Let's go to uh, the, the book of Luke, the fifth chapter. Luke, the fifth chapter. Praise the Lord. You know, when something gets in your spirit, you've been praying about it half the day, I guess it just comes out. <laughs> it's no surprise to me one particular individual is not here because I've been weeping and praying for them all day long. They just keep missing it, making wrong decisions. Amen. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. That's what I'm talking about. You have to make changes. You ought to thank God for somebody that's bold enough to tell you what the changes in. You know, if somebody, if, if the bridge is out up ahead and you're going full steam the wrong direction, you'd be glad for a guy standing there by the road going, oh, wait, hold on. You know. All right, have you found Luke 5? Look here, starting in verse number 17. We find this account. Um, it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. Notice this, as he was teaching, that there, uh, that the, the uh, excuse me, that on a certain day as he was teaching, that the, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Look at that. The power of the Lord was present in the teaching. You know, we've already gotten one report of an individual, every time they walk through that door, symptoms leave. They just come through that door, symptoms leave. Nobody's laid hands on them yet. Amen. Well, there's anointing in here because we, we don't get it. We don't come in here and play chess, you know, nothing wrong with chess. I'm not saying, anything. but you know what I'm talking about? This is a place that is reserved for the preaching and teaching of the word and God to do things. So Jesus was teaching and as he was teaching, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I've done a lot of study over the years, I suppose. I think you could safely say if you added it all up, probably over the years, if 40 hours, I mean, it's not 40 hours a day, 40 hours a week, probably two weeks of study on just this one verse here. I'm not trying to impress you when I say that. I'm trying to say, because I kept sensing there's something here. 
There's something that the Lord wants me to understand. I kept digging and studying. And literally, here would be from the Greek, here would be the best way to say this last statement, the power of the Lord is present to heal them. There, the, and the power of the Lord was there present with him to heal them. In other words, it was, it was, it was in the very room. In this case, it wasn't just on him. It was, it was manifest in the room. It was there present with him. In other words, he was there, but so was the anointing in the room. Because notice where he was. He was teaching. Amen. In that particular place. And the power of the Lord is present there with him. With him. And men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in, to lay him before, the, before him when he could not, uh, they could not find by what way they might bring him in. Because of the multitude, they went up upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto the man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason and say, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus perceived their thoughts. He said, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it's either say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch, and go into the house. Immediately he rose up before them all, or before them, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. They were all amazed and glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we've seen strange things today. It shouldn't have been strange to them. These are people that are Old Testament people. They, these Pharisees, notice who it was, scribes, uh, Pharisees and doctors of the law. Pharisees and doctors of the law. Now these were the people that were, they studied the Old Testament, studied the Hebrew and everything. They knew it from front to cover. And they thought, they saw healing and forgiveness go together and they say, that's strange. Forgiveness and healing going together. That's strange. It shouldn't have been strange. It's in, it's in Exodus. It's in Deuteronomy. It's in Psalms. It's in Isaiah. It's all through the Old Testament. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. <laughs> uh, Psalm 107. You know, just so many places. It's all over there. And they thought it was strange. See, you can be a, a letter of the law word person. But the word show up himself. And, and you crucify him. Because you just have, you have a legalistic approach to the word rather than a, and then a, and a, than a, a reality of the word. But what I wanted you to see was this man was required to do something. He said, pick, pick up your bed and walk. Did you see that? He was required to do something. Look, you don't have to turn there, but Luke 6, verses 6 through 11, there was a man who had a withered hand. And Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. He had to do something. Hallelujah. Are you still there? Now, listen to this one. And, uh. In fact, I want you to go to this one. Go to Luke chapter number 17. Because I'm saying that sometimes there's more to it than just laying on of hands. There's different ways Jesus heals. This, this is not necessarily flowing line upon line tonight, but it's preaching and teaching by unction. Here in the 17th chapter of the book of Luke, let's start reading in verse number 11. We find in verse 11 that there came, he came, as it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee and he entered into a certain village. There met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They cried and uh, or they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show thyself or yourselves unto the priests. Came to pass 
that as they went, they were cleansed. Well, that's a different method. We don't see him, uh, we, Jesus here, we don't see him praying for them. Prayer's right. There's nothing wrong with praying, but um, we don't see him praying for them in this case. We don't see him lay hands on them. Now notice here it says, um, they stood, in verse 12, they stood afar off and lifted up their voice. So Jesus didn't get real close to them. Now the reason they stood afar off because leprosy in that day was by, by the civil laws of the day, had to, lepers had to stay away from people, you know, because it was a contagious disease. So they couldn't get very close. Um, some of them didn't follow it. One time Jesus laid his hands on a leper, you know. You know, sometimes people say, oh, I might catch it. Well, if you got more power, you know, if the greater one lives in you, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> what if someone comes in with M1? What's that called? H1M1? It's called the curse is what it's called. But anyway, what if they come in with that? Doesn't bother me a bit. Doesn't, doesn't bother me a bit. I have been inoculated. <laughs> well, you never know, Pastor. I wouldn't get so bold about it. Well, that's the reason you get things when they go around. I just say it. I just say it. Don't bother me. I'll lay hands on them and cast the devil out of them. Whatever I need to do. <laughs> All right, 16th, uh, I mean, the 17th chapter here, he just, he just spoke to him. He said, go show yourselves to the priests. He didn't get close to them. There must not have been any transfer of anointing unless it was through those words. But we have to understand something. Um, he, he said, as they went, as they went, everybody say, as they went, they were cleansed. Did you get a hold of that? In other words, they were sent Everybody say they were sent, they were sent. but they had to went. <laughs> so here's a method of divine healing. He didn't lay hands on them. He didn't pray for them. He didn't rebuke the disease. There's another case, Peter's mother-in-law, she had a great fever. Remember that? And the Bible said he stood over her and rebuked the fever. In this case, though, he didn't rebuke the fever. What I'm trying to say is there's many different methods. We don't want to lock into one method and think, well, there's only one and that's, that's the only way we can receive. Well, if God, that we might come in here some night and, we, and, and, you know, after the word or something, we'll just stand up and say, now I take authority over every disease in here. And, and people say, oh, I wanted him to do this or I wanted him to do that. I wanted him to lay hands on him. Well, if that's what the Lord led us to do that night, then let's not try to tell God how he wants to, you know. Remember in the Old Testament, there was a man, Naaman. He was a general in the Syrian army. He, he had a little maid in his house working for him. Had been a captive out of the, one of their campaigns out of Israel. She was a little Israeli girl. And she said, because Naaman was a, a leper. And she said, I just wish Naaman could uh, get down there to Elijah's ministry. He has, or Elisha's ministry. He has a healing ministry. And remember, he came. And um, the prophet didn't even come out. Just sent the servant out. Go tell him to dip in the river Jordan. And he went away mad. He squealed his chariot wheels out of the driveway. Oh, he's mad. What was he mad about? What was he mad about? Here's what he was mad about. Here's what he said. Surely I thought. I thought he would call on the name of his God and strike his hand over the place. That's our way of saying praying and laying on the hands. And he went down. He's mad. He's, he's going back to his house in his chariot. And one of his servants... And the chariot said to him, after a while, said, uh, 
You know, if he'd have asked you to do something hard, you'd have done it. And he's, he's mad and he didn't answer him. You know how, you know how mad people get. They're just, especially dignitaries, you know, he's clipping along. It's probably 20 minutes later. And he said, he turned to the man that said that. And he said, you know what? If I, if it had been hard, I'd have probably go done it. Anyway, he eventually went back to the river and he zipped in it. Remember that? And uh, the Bible said the seventh time, because he said dip seven times, seventh time he came up clean. Now listen to that. Surely I thought. See, we think it has to be a certain way. It has to be that we have laying on our hands every service. I heard recently about a lady. I, I, I don't know. Well, I'm not led there anyway. So praise the Lord. I better shut up. Praise the Lord. But anyway, you just got to be open to the way God leads. All right, but now let's go to this one. This is one of the main ones here. Let's go over to the ninth chapter of the Gospel of John. So they had to, back there in Luke, these lepers, while you're going to John 9, uh, these lepers, they had to obey the directions that were given. Sometimes that's what we need to hear. We need to hear, go do this. Sometimes we need to hear, like Pastor Debbie, I heard preached on yesterday, walking in love. Well, you know, I just came to be healed. Yep, yep, yep. That's why God's talking about that. We, you know, don't do that surely I thought thing on, on us. All right, John 9, notice here, we find in this verse a whole lot of things. We could spend a lot of time on this, my goodness. Um, that clock back there's got a shadow on it. I can't see it. So forgive me if I'm going long. Verse one, John nine, verse one, Jesus passed by, saw a man, which was blind from his birth and his disciples asked him saying, master, who did sin this man or his parents that he was born blind? Notice that who did sin? Did this man sin that he was born blind or did his parents sin that he was born blind? Think about that. Did this man sin that he was born blind? Okay. So was the sin, listen to this, was the sin that he committed to be born blind, was it when he was 30 years old? Was it when he was 15? Seven. When, when, that he was born blind. When, when did they think he might have sinned? When, was it when he was three and a half? When, when, was it when he was one year old? No, they're actually saying he must have sinned in his mother's womb. Somebody said, why on earth would they say that? Because listen to this, listen to this. The Pharisees had that doctrine. That's, if you study this out, the Pharisees had the doctrine that you could sin in your mother's womb. That's why people are born, born deformed. But remember, <laughs> you remember though that Jesus, I mean, uh, in James 5, remember it says, you know, if any sick among you call for the elders of the church, let them pray over anointing with all prayer. Prayer of faith to save the sick and the Lord will raise them. And if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven. In other words, not everybody's sick because they sin. That can be a case. In Jesus, in the four, I think it's the fourth chapter, there was a man healed. It was a, he was laying at the pool of Siloam, or pool, some other pool, I think. Bethesda, yeah. Uh, but remember, he was laying there and Jesus said, take up that bed and walk. Remember that? And then later on, Jesus caught him in the temple again because he didn't know who it was. Jesus said, um, uh, sin no more. That's the worst thing. Come on you. Remember that? So sin can be an issue here. 
Isn't that right? But not everybody. So we don't need to immediately say to everybody that's sick, oh, 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 there's some sort of sin in your life. Now, because Jesus answered their question, they said, uh, who did sin, this man or his parents, that, they, that he was born blind? Jesus said, neither. Neither. In other words, not because any, any of, of those two people's sin. Now, Adam's sin brought sickness into the world. In other words, it brought the curse in. But, and it's here, but you, it's not just because you or I have sinned that that curse gets, attaches itself to us. It can attach itself to us just because we're ignorant of the word of God. Because I'll tell, this, tell you this about the devil. He's an opportunist. He'll just do what he can get away with. And when folks are ignorant of their rights, he gets away with a lot. You know, just like anybody in America, if they were ignorant of their rights, somebody could take advantage of them. You know, a policeman could come in here and hold his pistol out and say, that's, no, that's it, stop preaching the gospel in here. Well, we'd just, <laughs> we'd deal with that real quick, right? We have the right to preach the gospel. All right, but anyway, here, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God, now listen to this, that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Period. King, King James has a period there. Now it sounds like that Jesus is saying, this man was born sick so that the works of God could be made manifest in him. It's, doesn't that sound that way? If you just look at it at face value, it looks that way. But think about it. Think about this. Think about it real quick. Just think about it. If he was born blind so that the works of God were made manifest in him, then what Jesus just got done saying was the works of God are not yet made manifest in him. So this sickness is not the work of God. You didn't get that. People have the idea that Jesus said there, he was born blind. In other words, they have the idea that Jesus is saying, God made him deformed. God, he was born deformed because that's the way God made him so that the works of God should be, could be made manifest. And then Jesus went on and healed him saying, that's the work of God. So they're saying, what people are saying is, if they quote it that way, they're saying that the works of God are already made manifest in him. But Jesus said right there, the works of God are not yet made manifest in him. They're saying that he was born sick because that's the work of God. He's born, he's sick because God makes some people sick. No, there's only one person in history that God is, that the Bible said God made sick. When you, when you understand the language correctly. And that was Jesus because he took ours and put them on Jesus. You'll read Isaiah said he put him to sickness. But nobody else. You understand people can, can, um, can uh, become sick because of disobedience, but that doesn't mean God made them sick. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, I can think of a verse. Well, just hold on. We'll get to those verses. <clears throat> you have to understand the original language in some of those. But here's what we have to see. Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that, is the, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. In other words, it sounds like Jesus is saying God made him sick so that God's works could be made manifest in him. And I must work the works of him that sent me while I was day. And he went on and healed him, meaning that Jesus is saying that healing was the work of God. So the works of God were not manifest in him being made sick. That was not the work of God is what Jesus, it couldn't be that Jesus was saying that God made him sick so he could heal him because Jesus said his, the works of God weren't manifest in him yet. I keep going over that because I'm 
Some of you aren't quite understanding what I'm saying. The works of God are not yet manifest in him. Now think about this. They, Jesus was accused of casting out devils by the prince of the devils. And Jesus said this. He said, a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. Wouldn't that apply here? If God is making people sick and then God is healing people, well, God is confused. He's got a, he has to, he has to figure out which one, which one is right and which one's wrong. You understand? So, no, God doesn't have a kingdom divided against itself. God doesn't make people sick and then heal them to show his glory. <laughs> you understand? So, uh, that would be a kingdom divided itself. And the Bible said a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. Now, think about this. Let's say you, let's, let's say you come to me after service and say, Pastor, my wife and I are um, getting ready to build a brand new house. We're digging the foundation starting tomorrow. Getting ready to build a brand new house. I say, praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Well, let's say you get it most of the way up. You got all the shingles on it. You got all the insulation on it, drywall in it. You got the painting. You're finishing up the floors. And um, you come in one day and the guys are working on it, finishing things up. You come in one day and you say, all right, now let's tear it down. They would look at you strange, wouldn't they? I built this so I could tear it down. We all know in our culture that's stupid. <laughs> Isn't that right? Now, I understand stupid. I grew up on the farm. If that offends you, you know, I'm sorry. And so, you know, to, tear, to build it up and then tear it down. And then I say you got it torn down after talking somebody stupid into doing it for you. You got it torn down. And let's say you say, all right, now let's build it back up. Well, how many of you know we'd all come to you, we'd come, I'll come to your house, knock on the door, and we'd say, um, we need to have you checked out. Something's wrong with your brain. Something's wrong with your head. We're going to insist you see a doctor. <laughs> Isn't that right? Well, see, listen, that's what people are accusing God of doing. Always making people sick so he can heal them. You know? No, that's not what this verse is saying. First of all, we have to understand that in the Greek, there's no punctuation. There are no periods, no exclamation points, no commas, no capital letters, no lowercase. Well, they're all, they're all one case letter. There's no punctuation. So the, those that translated the New Testament into English, they had to, they had to try to um, decide where to put the periods and everything. And it's, in a lot of cases, it's pretty easy. But think about it in this case. Listen to this. Neither hath this man sin nor his parents. Here's the way you could read this. Neither hath this man sin nor his parents, period. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him, comma, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, period. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he thus spoke, he spit on the ground and made clay of the spittle. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. He said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went, and, uh, he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Praise God. So in other words, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. And he went on and healed him, saying, this is the work of God. This is the work of God. Isn't that right? So it can't be that God made him sick to heal him. So Jesus could come along and heal him because that's a kingdom divided against itself. So we have to understand, and, and we'll see other verses. And, but here's what I really went to. Here's what I went to this passage for. I had to get rid of that religious sacred cow. 
barbecue that sacred cow while we were going past it because people get snagged on that. But listen here, verse, he, he said here in verse number seven, he said, go wash. He put the, the mud in his eyes, he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. In other words, that's what that word Siloam means, sent. And he went his way and washed and came seeing. Everybody say he was sent, he was sent. but he had to win. <laughs> That's the reason sometimes people aren't receiving is because God has spoken to them about something and they haven't followed the instructions. Amen. Like he could talk to them about their love walk, for example. You know, I need you to stop fussing with your wife. Something like that. Praise God. I know it's all her fault, but you understand, you know. <laughs> but see, we have to walk in the light of the word of God. We can't expect to uh, be disobedient to the word and expect to receive God's best. We have to walk in the light. So this man was sent, but he had to go and follow the instructions. Now think about this. If you, if you look, if you analyze this language here, God gave him something to do. And he had to obey the, the, the leadings of the Lord. And a lot of these leadings, God's going to just teach us the word and he's going to expect us to walk in the light of it. Number two, he's going to bear witness with our spirit and expect us to do what's in our spirits. I'll never forget. Uh, and then, you know, we're not here to imply this on anybody particularly tonight, but I'm just talking about an experience I had. I'll never forget a line. I went through a line of, this was in uh, Virginia, uh, Appomattox, Virginia. That's where, uh, what's his name? The general signed the, <laughs> signed the peace agreement after the Civil War. What was his name? General Lee. We were there, we toured the courthouse where that happened, you know. But this church was there in Appomattox, Virginia. I'm ministering. I'm going down the line ministering. And I got to this particular man. I just usually, what I do is I just lay hands on people to minister that anointing. And I never do anything else unless I get instructions from the Lord to do something else. So um, I'm going down the line ministering that anointing. And then I get to this particular man and the spirit of God. Because I asked him, I said, what, what is going, what's happening with you? What's going on? What are you here for? And he said, well, I have lower back problems, lower back trouble. So I put my hand on him and I, I probably, I don't usually do. I probably did this time, put my hand on his back, whatever I did, but I put my hand on him anyhow. And I said, now, and I started praying and the, and the Lord spoke to me and said, tell him to lose weight. Well, I didn't much want to do that. So I, <laughs> so I just muttered a prayer and sounded spiritual and moved on to the next person. Now, how many of you know that uh, you, after being in healing lines for a few years, how many of you know you've been in front of a lot of people that you could have, you could think, yeah. well, the, the, the issue is their weight problem. Yeah. But see, it's one thing for a human being to think that, but it's another thing for the Holy Ghost to say it. <laughs> We're not there to say what we think. That's why I never deal with those issues unless the Holy Ghost speaks to me. So in this case, the Holy Ghost spoke to me, but I didn't really want to do it. Who would want to do it? You know, so the Lord said, tell him. So I muttered some, uns some sound, spiritual sound in prayer and, and, and I couldn't get anything. You know, no anointing was going into him. So I went to the next person and every person I laid hands on after that, it was dry and dead, no anointing or anything. So you know what I had to do? I had to repent. I had to say, folks, I missed it. I'm, I'm disobeying God. I had to go back to that man. 
and I had I turned the mic off. How many of you there's there's you know integrity ways to do these things? Turned the mic off and said, "Sir, I said this is not my business except the Lord spoke to me." And I told him what he said, what the Lord said. And he said, yeah. I said, he said, I know that in my heart. And then I got the anointing back, went back and ministered to all those people again. And I've had that a number of times. See, you have to obey. In other words, if, if God has sent us, in other words, if God has directed us to do something, we have to win. But see, this man had a lot of mud in his eyes and he could have analyzed what Jesus did. Here's a man, he has, uh, he's got blind eyes. Jesus puts mud, he spits and puts, makes mud and puts it in his eyes. And then Jesus says, go wash that out. This man could have been, if he'd have been an analytical, uh, intellectual, you know, (laughs) he has to figure everything out. He could have said, well, Jesus, if you hadn't put the mud in my eyes, I wouldn't have to go wash it out. How many of you know some things don't make a whole lot of sense? But it's not about making sense. You could think, well, what does, what does, what God told me to do over here in this area of my life, what does that have to do with my healing? You might not be making the connection, but God sees there's a connection there. I was just listening to a testimony. You remember Pastor Michael Jacobs? Uh, He's been here and he's coming back again in January of this next year. But anyway, he was here, but I was listening to a testimony in a meeting he had one day. He said one time he was ministering in a healing line, laid hands on a lady and the, and there was like a wind hit this lady and blew her back. She didn't fall over, but she just kept going back. She felt the wind. He felt the wind, the glory of God. And she's standing quite away, you know, however, further away from him than she was. And then he had discerning of spirits. He saw into the spirit. He saw an angel standing there and an angel putting something into her stomach down close to, close to her stomach. She had not been able to have a baby. It was probably something in her female organs the Lord was doing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, he's, and, and, and Pastor Jacob said, there's an angel standing by you and he's, he's putting something on the inside of you right there. And the lady said, Pastor Jacob, she's respectful about it, but she said, Pastor Jacobs, that's not what the doctors say the problem is. And he said, well, I don't know what the doctors are saying, but that's where the angel's working on you. Amen. <laughs> And she wasn't disrespectful about it. She was just trying to understand. Didn't make sense to her. Didn't make sense to her. One month later, she conceived and had, you know, nine months after that, she had a baby. Well, see, the doctors don't even always know what's going on. I'd just rather trust Jesus than trust the doctors. But see, some things we don't understand. What does that have to do with, you know? And so this man could have gotten really analytical. Well, if he hadn't put it in, wouldn't have to take it out. But he didn't do that. He just followed the instructions. Here's something to be, to be a good receiver. Just be a heart person, not an analytical person. Don't have to figure everything out. This man didn't have to figure it all out. He just went. See, here's the thing. Sometimes people want to receive healing, but they've got, God's spoken to them and they've got mud in other areas of their life. They got mud in their marriages. God spoke to them about things. Stop fussing there in that, that area. They got mud. See, he put something in there and they haven't washed it out. They got mud in their obedience in different areas, you know. And then they're wondering why they're not receiving. Can you see there's many ways to receive? Hallelujah. I preached long enough tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know. I don't know if you got anything else. There's so many different avenues going on there, but I think there's several things the Lord wanted to get out tonight. Praise God for the word. Praise God for the word. We were ministering in healing school. I didn't minister to this lady, but I knew 
I knew who she was. She was there and I had seen her. Uh, And I heard uh, another minister talk about him talking to her. She was dying of cancer. I forget how old she was, in her 50s or maybe early 60s, late 50s or early 60s. Some, generally speaking, that's her age bracket. <clears throat> she was coming for healing because she's dying of cancer. Doctors had given her only, I don't remember how long, but it wasn't real long to live. And um, so in talking to her, this other minister found out, because they would take time, we're going to do that in these classes. We're going to sometimes, we're going to just come in here and say, folks, before we get going tonight, let's just pray for an hour. Let's just see what the Holy Ghost says to do. We might pray for, that's just, we might pray for half an hour and all of a sudden the Lord says, now minister to this person, minister to that person, do this, do that, and we'll just do it, you know. And uh, this minister was doing that with this particular lady and some other workers where they were all praying together. Because to be honest with you, you know, in this lady's case, she wasn't getting results. And if you've only been given so much time to live, you better be getting some results. Or else... Start making some changes, you know, remember what we said here, be converted, be healed. So they weren't getting results as well as they wanted. So they took this lady aside and just took some time praying with her, see what the Holy Ghost would say. And um, this minister said he kept coming up to something that he didn't know what it was because the Lord didn't fully reveal it all. You know, people have to be open to let God, uh, to, to let God use a minister if they want to receive. And so, um, but this, and and here's, I've done that many times in healing school, pulled people, I say many times, quite a few times, pull people aside and we pray with them with some of the other workers and the Spirit of God would say, uh, something, talk to them about this area. Just share the word with them on this area or else, or else something kept coming up about something they, they didn't do. Like one time I remember, I remember asking this man because we were praying with him, what is, uh, excuse me, this was a lady, what is this about the inheritance? Did did you get an inheritance recently? She said, you know, she had this look on her face. See, if people want help, God will help them, but it's not always the way they think it's going to be. And I brought up the inheritance. It's like, oh, oh, well, uh, yeah. I said, well, there's something, the Lord's Lord's saying something about that's not right. Found out she had cheated her brother out of, I think it was $12,000 of the inheritance. Well, see, the Lord had... If that's, if the Lord decides to put his finger on that, then that's, go wash that out. Go wash, get rid of that. But see, here's what I've noticed over, over and over and over and over and over and over again. Whenever we get people into those kind of situations and God starts talking to us and we start ministering by the Holy Ghost like that over and over again, all of a sudden they close their heart and they don't want to come back and pray anymore. See, you have to be willing to let God deal with any area of your life. Yeah. You know, you start preaching like this, the crowd drops off, you know. Yeah. But we'll get results. Yeah. Because the ones that drop off, the ones that they're not willing yeah. to wash something out of their eyes, you know. So anyway, this minister was talking about this lady he was praying with. Remember the one I said between the age of 50 and 60, late 50s and early 60s. And he said, something just keeps coming up to me about was there something, the experience you had when you were a young girl, God spoke to you or something, you know, this keeps coming up to me. Something, something God spoke to you about. And she started crying, tears streaming down her eyes. She said, yeah, she said, "Um, when I was a little girl, God called me as a missionary to China. She said, I I never obeyed. Listen to this. I never obeyed because 
the, the man I was dating didn't want to go. And I loved him and I married him. So I never obeyed God. Well, you know, like somebody said one time, how's that working out for you? Hello? It's not always get in a healing line, lay hands on the sick. Woo, praise the Lord, run your way and go, go singing your, praising God in your faith. Well, that's, that's true. But sometimes there's these other issues that the Holy Ghost wants to put his finger on. Well, how many of you know you got you to gotta go back and get that right? Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. It's a little different tonight, Lord. But some of these things, I believe the Spirit of God is endeavoring to teach us so we can flow with you, cooperate with you. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. He always leads us into truth. There's always healing at the end of his guidance. We thank you, Father, for the greater one who guides us into the things we need to hear, the things we need to understand. We thank you that there's never failure when we obey the leadings of the Spirit. When we hear what we need to hear and make the change. We thank you, Father. Lord, we just lay our lives before you. This is not just a place to come and get healed. This is a place to come and, and get our relationship with you worked on. We just say our whole life belongs to you. Nothing is our own. Nothing do we withhold from you. There's no area that you can't talk to us about in this time. There's no part of our lives that's got a no entry sign on it. You're able to get into everything and anything you want to get into. We thank you, Father. You have earned the right because of your love, because of the redemptive work of Christ. You have earned the right for our whole life to belong to you and nothing be reserved for our own desires. So, Father, thank you tonight for the work of the Spirit in these areas. As these go their way tonight, I thank you, Lord, by the Spirit for speaking to them about any or any issues that they need to talk over with you regarding these kinds of things. We'll give you the praise as they make adjustments and walk in the light. We'll give you the praise for the results in Jesus' name. Now, Father, if there is nothing, I pray not a single person would allow the devil to use this to hit them over the head with condemnation when there is nothing that is an issue with them, between you and them. In Jesus' name. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life. 